When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Okay, here we go. Blue Jays taking on the Astros tonight. It is 2-1 for Houston in the top of the fifth. The NBA Finals resume in about half an hour. Heat home to the Nuggets. Game three of the series. The best of seven is tied 1-1. And in this time slot tomorrow, we have game three of the Stanley Cup Final live on 6.30. Ched as Vegas taking a 2-0 series lead into Florida. Sanderson kicks it free in the corner. Getting it back to the some classic Rick Jenner play-by-play of an overtime goal from the 2000 playoffs scored by our first guest tonight 16 years in the NHL he's currently the head coach and a member of the ownership group for the Tri-Saturday Americans it is indeed Stu Barnes Stu you're on with Reed and I'm not going to try to introduce you with the flourish that uh, Rick did your goal call there yeah, uh, well, that's a tough one to beat. RJ was uh, was great at what he did. There's no doubt about that. So he was uh, he was a lot of fun to work with and a great person. Well, thanks for checking in. Uh, what, does it bring back any memories uh, here in that play-by-play? Oh, of course. I think you're, uh, you know, anybody that's involved in the league, whether it's playing or coaching or, uh, you know, for the media side of it, fans, I think, you know, we're all big, uh, big lovers of the game. I think anytime you can hear a, a little bit of, uh, of a highlight like that, you always throws you back to that time. And obviously, different perspectives for different people. But certainly, that was a, it's a lot of fun this time of year in the in the world of the NHL. If you're still going, especially. Yeah, th- that's from your time with uh, with Buffalo. Uh, obviously, uh, we're going to get some stories from your time with the Panthers as well. But uh, let's uh, let's catch up with some other things first. Of course, there there is an arena named after you in Spruce Grove. I don't know where you are now, but how often do you make it back to Spruce Grove these days? You know what? I try to get back. Uh, I have family back there still, and uh, my mom's back there, my sister and her family. So we, I try to get back as much as I can. Um, yeah, you know what? I was really honored, you know, years ago to get that dedicated to me and pretty special. And, uh, you know, for me, right next door to the Grant Fuhrer Arena. So, I, uh, you know, I grew up there in Spruce Grove and watched the, the Oilers win the Cups and, and Fierzy, uh have all the success. And, 
I'll win all the championships he did. So I, I think I was just as excited to be right next door to him as uh, as anything. Well, and, and an interesting time for you. I mean, born uh, in 19, I think Christmas Day in 1970, you were born. So certainly you, you yep. probably remember the World Hockey Association as well. And, yep. and then the Oilers, like you said, becoming Stanley Cup uh, champions. Like uh, how playing minor hockey in Spruce Grove, uh, like did you, was there like a high level team you were on there? Did you ever come into Edmonton to play? How did it progress for you? You know what? I played all my minor hockey in Spruce Grove right up to uh, right up to midget. So I was very lucky that I uh, was able to stay home. You know, things were a lot different back then, obviously, than they are now. But I was able to stay home right through till till 15 years old and uh, and played with all my buddies growing up. It was fantastic, and uh, you know, we got to play tournaments just like all teams did all over the all over the province and had a lot of fun along the way. Yeah. Uh, 1989 draft, you went fourth overall. That was the year Matt Sundin went first, a guy who wound up being an oiler. Bill Guerin went one spot behind you. Uh, what's, what's your draft story? I think he was in Minnesota that year. What, what's your draft story? Were you there? Were you expecting to go in that spot? What can you tell us? Yeah, it was. You're right. It was in the Met Center in, in uh, Minneapolis. No longer building doesn't exist anymore. But, uh, you know, I was just talking about this the other day. It's such a different such a different animal now than it was back then. You know, we flew in, I think, on a Friday night. And I think the draft happened Saturday morning. And I think by Sunday Sunday morning, we were back out on the back in Spruce Grove. So it was really a quick, a quick in and out. And uh, it was exciting. You know, I felt... Um, Obviously, anytime you're involved in something like that, it was it was pretty exciting. I was I was probably just as excited for my family, my mom, and my dad, and my sister, and all the time that uh, they spent dragging me around to different rinks all over the place. So. Uh, it's a great experience, and uh, all these uh, young guys that are heading into it here in the next few weeks uh, are uh, are going to have a great time and enjoy themselves and uh, something they'll never forget. Yeah, and of course, I'm sure uh, listeners are, are mad at me for admitting it was the Winnipeg Jets, the uh, original version yeah. of the Winnipeg Jets that, that took you back then. So that's pretty cool. Uh, long playing career, obviously, uh, over 1,200 games if you include regular season playoffs. You've gotten into, into coaching. You've been an assistant with the Stars a couple of times. You're coaching the Tri- City Americans was that did you feel like that was a path you were going to take after you stopped playing or where did the interest in coaching come from you know what I think it uh not not necessarily you know I know some guys are they think uh, as they're playing that you uh that you this is what I'm going to do and I'm done but I I never thought about what I wanted to do when I was done I just loved being a player so much I just enjoyed it it was uh you know, so fun and and so challenging. So when I got done, I actually had uh, Dave Tippett, who was a recent coach there with the Oilers. Obviously, uh, I finished, and uh, and he mentioned to me, he said, "Hey, listen, we're we're we have a spot in our staff. Would you be interested?" And I jumped right into it right away, and and uh, not knowing anything about it, to be quite honest with you, other than my experience of having a bunch of guys standing behind me and tell me when to get on the ice and get off the ice, but. Um, yeah, it was a great experience. It's been a great experience. I enjoy it. It's close to playing, as, as close to playing, I think, as, as you can get. Um, it's uh, It's been a fun ride. Like you said, I've been assistant in the NHL for almost six years, and uh, now I've been a head coach here at this level for a couple of years. So it's uh, it, it's all good, and uh, it's been a really enjoyable uh, enjoyable run. Yeah, well, in Tri-City, obviously a long-standing franchise. I mean, n- nothing against you or anybody else, but when I hear Tri-City, I think of Bob Torrey, and, and you guys are, are part of the ownership group, Olaf Kolzig, uh, o- Olaf Kolzig as, as well. Uh, what, what's mm-hmm. it been like for you? Get, like Obviously, you got to be involved in the, the business side of it and some of that other stuff too with the ownership duties. 
Yeah, it is. It's uh, you know, it's a balance. There's a lot of hockey uh, going on, and a lot of uh, things you have to do at this level. Uh, you know, to take care, make sure everything is is taken care of. So it's a it's a balance. You know, I'm very fortunate here, as you mentioned, Bob is is involved day to day. Oli lives here in town as well. So uh, you know, it's a little bit of a you know, we all work together to try to get uh, everything done and up to date and, and stay on top of it all. But uh, during season, it's it's nice. I get to focus mostly on just uh, being a coach and, and uh, that, you know, that's enough. There's a lot of work there, let alone uh, trying to do everything else. Stu Barnes joining us tonight on Inside Sports. I'll, I'll throw one at you about the WHL here before we get into some Panthers uh, memories. The uh, Memorial Cup, uh, it's been a while since the dub took it. Uh, is it uh, – yeah. how, how come? Is, is there a theory that you have? No, I, not really. You know, I think uh, I always say that, you know, regardless of, of, you know, where you're playing within your league or in a tournament like that, that, uh, you know, everybody else is trying just as hard as, as, uh, as we are. So, um, you know, the team that uh, – I didn't get to see any live games this year, but uh, – Everything I've heard, the the team coming out of Quebec was an excellent team, very very good. Um, I know from firsthand uh, experience, uh, both Kamloops and Seattle were excellent teams as well. And and uh, you know it's tough to win. It is just tough to win, and you never know how that develops. And uh, as we move forward here, you never know. Uh, you know whatever it is now, uh, ten years from now, there could be uh, we could be talking the other way that maybe the other leagues haven't won. So I think it goes in cycles. It's all part of it, and uh, and everybody's trying to do their best and. Uh, and uh, it's fantastic experience for the kids and uh, for them to get to play at such a high level. Uh, it's pretty amazing what they're capable of doing. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so uh, you're a Florida Panther. Uh, from uh, you, you got traded there in 93-94. They, they traded you away in 96-97. So a good first of all, the, the trade there, because, you know, the Jets were the team that draft, uh, drafted you. The Panthers were relatively new when, when you wound up going there. Were you caught off guard by that deal? Uh, I'm looking it up here, November 25th, 1993. Yeah, no, I kind of knew it was coming. I'll be honest with you. It was, uh, you know, right. The Jets uh, drafted me. I'd played parts of two seasons there. I knew that if it, uh, I kind of hadn't, didn't have a regular spot that third year that they may be uh, thinking about moving me. And, and uh, I was really quite honestly, pretty fortunate. Mike Smith was the GM there and uh, moved me down to, to Florida. Roger Nielsen was the head coach there. Bobby Clark was the GM and uh, I got to play for Roger Nielsen for a couple of years. And, and he just said, Hey, we got a spot as a third line center and uh this is what we need you to do and and uh it was a great opportunity a great experience and uh really uh a great great bunch of teammates and and coaches and and all the way around it was just uh, a real real positive experience all right so what's your version of the plastic rats becoming a thing <laughs> well it's you know it's it's out there i mean the story was we home opener i believe this second year we were there no, I'm sorry. It was the third year we were there, 95, 96. Uh, we're getting ready to go out for a game, and uh, a big giant rat came running down the hallway and into the dressing room, and and started doing laps. And uh, you have all these uh, big hockey players with all this gear on, diving for cover because of this thing. And uh, Scott Mellenby was the only guy kind of standing there, and this thing ran right at him, and he one timed it off the far wall, and that was it. And then that night, uh, he went out, scored two goals, and. And I believe uh, it was John Van Beesbrook said post game that he uh, ended up getting a rat trick, two goals, and a and a killed a rat, and uh, and away it went. It happened to be uh, the year of the rat, um, and you know what? The next game there was one rat on the ice after a goal. And then two games later, it was ten rats, and then twenty, and then thirty, and then you know all the pictures that everybody's seen now with the thousands of rats raining down, and uh, it was really cool. It was a pretty 
pretty neat uh, experience all the way around. How surreal was that, that you guys would score a goal and then a few seconds later, the, the I mean, I think Patrick Waugh even said in the final, I'm glad I got scored on because I wanted to be to see what it was like to be in the yeah. middle of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody wanted to win the game, but they wanted to get scored on once just to experience the wrath. <laughs> You're right. Uh, no, it was pretty cool. It was, uh, again, you know, all the different perspectives of where you were on the ice. You, know, you score and you're celebrating and everything's going on, but uh, it was cool. I always thought being around the bench or coming back to the bench because you look up and you can just see, you know, all these things raining out of the out of the upper deck coming over the uh, coming over the onto the ice. So it was a great experience. It was a really cool experience. I think uh, it was a special team that year. That was the team that ran to the to the cup final, obviously, and uh, just a just an awesome year. And, and a and a pretty good team. I I, I realize uh, you, like you mentioned, third year in the league, so it's supposed to take some time. Though Vegas and Seattle are kind of arguing against that in the modern era um but i look back on that season like you guys weren't this uh like kind of borderline bad team that barely like you were the five seed i mean you guys were a pretty solid club weren't you we were we had uh you know what we and you you look at the list of players that were there um you know, it was actually a, a very good bunch of players. You know, Scott Mallaby's and Dave Lowry's, John Van Beesbrook's, Gordon Murphy's. Uh, you know, you had Robbie Niedemeyer, Eddie Jovanowski, you know, Rhett Warner, these guys that all, all very good hockey players. And, and everybody just kind of came together at the right time. And, you know, Roger uh, Nielsen was the head coach for the first two years before Doug McLean took over. And uh, Roger just built that sense of family. And uh, Brian Scruthan was the captain. Uh, he did a fantastic job again in, in making sure the culture was where it needed to be. And, and uh, it was a tight group and it, it was a special group and everybody uh, wanted to play for each other. So, you know what, it was just one of those things that happens. I think uh, you're seeing some of that in Vegas and, and uh, in Seattle for sure. And I think you saw that you're seeing that with the, with the Panthers making the run they made this year. So look, two, nothing in the series. Uh, the last game didn't go well for the Panthers, but I, I mean, you've been through so many playoff series as a player and, and on, as a member of coaching staffs uh, as well for, for the team that's down two nothing got thumped last game. What's the dialogue like for them? What are some of the things the players and coaches are trying to emphasize? Do you think? Well, I think first and foremost, I think uh, just stay present. I think that's the number one thing regardless. You know, you can't win game four or game five or game six. And in game three, you have to win game three. You have to really, you know, simplify it to the point where you're looking only at your next shift or the next period. Um, focus there. Obviously, the coaching staff and, and everybody involved is going to make some adjustments and, and change the way they do some things to try to, you know, whether to score more or limit some of the opportunities that, that Vegas is being able to create. Uh, and then you go from there. You go out and you and you pour it all into one game. Don't think uh, beyond that next shift, that next period, and and uh, and really just try to stay as as present as possible. And that's all you can do. It sounds so simple, but it's difficult with all the you know everything that's going on around you. But uh, it really is the simplest, uh, most effective way to do it. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Panthers can can still. I mean, they've been an incredible story. Do they have one more? Uh magical uh, performance here in, in the rest of yeah. the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I work with Rob Brown after Oilers games. We take calls together. We've done 10 seasons yeah. together. Uh, I think you overlapped briefly in Pittsburgh, and I'm sure you would have – I think you would have been against him one or two years in the dub when he was getting about eight points yeah. every game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we did. We actually played together in uh, Pittsburgh. He was my roommate for a brief time in Pittsburgh, and uh, and just a really great person. Obviously, you know uh, you know that from working with him, and very smart hockey guy. Who had an incredible career. 
um, and he could score. He he was one of those guys that just you know, like you said, at the end of the night you'd check the score sheet and he would be all over it. He was. He's a talented uh, hockey player and a, and a great person. Okay. Well, Stu, this is awesome that you, you checked in tonight. Uh, thanks for letting us know what you're up to with, with Tri-City, and we wish you the best there. Obviously, you're preparing for next season already, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully, some family in Spruce Grove got to check this out tonight. That'll help the old show. So, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thank, and thanks for the memories of that Panthers team in 1996. That was a very memorable playoff run. Yeah, of course. Anytime. I appreciate it. And uh, good job. Right on. That is Stu Barnes checking in. So a former Florida Panther, 16 years in the NHL, Winnipeg, then Florida, then Pittsburgh, then Buffalo, where he uh, also went to the cup final. And then uh, Dallas for his about last uh, five and a quarter years or so. And uh, now part of the ownership group, also the head coach of the Tri-City Americans in the Western Hockey League. That was awesome to have him on the program. And of course, that game tomorrow, Panthers and Golden Knights is on 6.30, Chad. Coverage will start at 6, so we will not have inside sports for you tomorrow evening. We will have Kelly Rudy coming up. Uh, we got a very special basketball guest, Nick Elam. He's the inventor of that Elam ending that they've been using in the CEBL for a couple of seasons now. That's going to be pretty cool. And uh, plenty of Elks chat, too, as we get you ready for the home opener, which is on 6.30, Chad, on Sunday, 3.30 for the countdown to kickoff. Game is at 5, Elks against the Rough Riders. Back in a couple minutes. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Well, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't watched it. I try not to look at that type of thing. Uh, if that's what they need me to do, I mean, I'll do it. But you know, it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> Gary one five six seven one said, "One loss down, seventeen more to go." It's a tremendous positive that you have learned to count. I'm willing to do whatever they need me to do, you know, to uh, to try to get, you know, uh, people to support our football team. Certainly, I went and spoke the other day to, to the uh, Rotary Group, and I told them, I said, I'm willing to do whatever they need me to do out in the community to, to help our football program, number one, and, and help the community, number two, and and, uh, and I firmly leave with that. Kester David said, can they fire Jones already? I'm not the person to ask. You know, a lot of water around the bridge since the last time that we uh, that we were here earlier. We won a great cup. You know, all that stuff's been a long time ago. So you've had COVID since then. We've had a couple bad years back-to-back. We, we haven't won home games, yada, yada, yada. You know, all that same narrative. So we can't worry about that. We just got to worry about playing winning football. And that's, uh, that's what we're attempting to do is to try to go out there and practice as hard as we can, prep as hard as we can, and play as hard as we can. Ober Offner said, when I'm begging you. I like that one. I like that one. Chris Jones uh, read some mean tweets on the Elk social media yesterday and some clips cut in there of him talking about it today. Hopefully we got a home win to talk about on Sunday when the Elks play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Okay, cup final. Can the Panthers rally? What's Kelly Rudy? doing on an off day in South Florida. You'll find out next.